0: This is Service Thinking with Blackie Chad, and I'm delighted to have another guest in the building today. Somebody that I've known for a while, who bumped shoulders, had mutual respect, mutual friends, always been some type of love, great conversation. When we do have a conversation, <laughs> I like to give it up to Lex, y'all. Give it up for Lex. Thank you, Lex, for being here. Thank you. I appreciate you. you for being here. I, uh, I have a, a, a high respect for you in more ways than uh i'll talk about in this interview today um but surface thinking i know you said you listened to a couple episodes but surface thinking is um a show where i tap into knowing how people think getting deep into people's thoughts and seeing how we are similar and how we differ in our respective lives okay so my first question for you is um What's the biggest mistake you made in your life?
1: Um, recently, the biggest mistake I made is just feeling as though I have to really, like, follow the, a blueprint that I set for myself. Like, I really, I guess I would say in these last five years, just in kind of, like, a lot of uphill battles. Um, feeling like, you know, I let myself down, not accomplishing things by a specific date um, or in a specific manner. So I just am just learning to really accept it, you know, life is unpredictable. You gotta kinda roll with the punches. You can't be so um so gung ho on completing one thing in one manner without expecting other things to take place. So that's something that I'm trying to learn how to because 'cause I'm very anal, very I can be very hard on myself at times. So that's my biggest challenge, just being more flexible with my blueprint, more flexible with my goals. So
0: do you – are your goals, like, attainable? Or are they just, like, outrageous or are they minute? Like, are you not giving yourself an opportunity for things to happen in the middle of those that kind of create, like, setbacks and things like that? What do you think of
1: Um, I'm de- I definitely feel like my goals are attainable. I just don't think I – just like what you just said, I don't allow myself room for – um. Mm-hmm life experiences, okay. loss of, you know, relatives, stress at work, um, not being 100% just in general on a day-to-day basis, um, you know, trying to balance your personal, professional life, you know, so you kind of don't take all those things into account when you setting these goals, whether they're short-term or long-term. In my mind, you just think, you know, I'm going to work on this, I'm going to accomplish this by this set time, but what about all those other factors that can kind of alter the plan? not necessarily derail you but what about those extra factors
0: so do you think that that's primarily for your goal setting or is that life in general
1: life in general
0: right okay so when you correlate that to life in general how do you forget your goals of success or your goals of where you want to be in five years
2: Mm -hmm.
0: how do you deal with the life part that will help you with
1: your goals um, I haven't really figured that all the way out. Um, I have learned, well, it has worked for me more recently, being more vulnerable, more open, um, sharing things with those trusted relationships. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes, like I said, when you be thinking about stuff, you when you're your own sounding board, it really doesn't yield the most, um, beneficial outcome at times. Sometimes you need to, you know, bounce ideas off of other people. So just being more vulnerable.
0: I mean, you give me the sense, or you give me the vibe. And for people listening, we went to IUP together, we went <laughs> to school together, so um, that's where I met you, and then I've known you because we have a lot of mutual friends. And I would say that we're friends, but we're um, uh, you have this real, real private, <laughs> mystique vibe about yourself. Am I barking up the right tree?
1: Yes.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> Why are you so private?
1: I don't know. I just kind of feel like that's just who I am. Seriously, I'm an only child. Um, so just, you know, growing up and always having to fend for yourself, you learn how to keep certain things close to your vest. Um, that's just kind of who I am.
0: So do you think, I mean, you, you snapped into the, I've been the only child. So do you think it's more you being the only child or have you had past experiences where giving people information or sharing things with people or being vulnerable, people came back to bite you in the ass or something?
1: No, not necessarily. I can't really say I've had a lot of, like, letdowns from personal relationships. Um, I'm just, like, a pretty observant person. So I'll observe how other people engage and then determine, like, you know, if that's a relationship that I want to establish or how to go about interacting with that particular person. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, based off what I perceive, will either positively or negatively sway me in one direction or the other, which isn't always a good thing.
0: So, with you being so private, how does that like manifest with your friends?
1: Um, well, a lot of my friendships are 10 plus years. Um, so we've been been through all the growing pains, um, good things and bad. So, I kind of feel a lot more comfortable just to be, you know, who I am, to shed all that armor, just be vulnerable with those friendships.
0: So, be due to the fact that you have friends that you've been friends with for over 10 years, mm-hmm. you kind of are unprivate with them or
1: to an extent Or
0: they're You're private But they just accept you For who you are
1: They probably would say I'm just private
0: And they
2: accept okay. me For who I am Okay hmm.
0: Cause I can imagine Like Like You know If I give somebody something Sometimes you want things In return mm-hmm. And then it's like If I'm You know Sometimes When you do something For somebody That's just your character You kinda want them To do the same thing Want it to reciprocate Back into the, their favor mm-hmm. So like If I'm sharing stories If I say yo When I was sixteen, I stole two bags of chips from the store, and then I'm looking at you, and you just like, "Mm, okay, it's like, yo, stuff
1: like that.
0: (laughs) What did you steal? So it's like it kind of puts a block on people where they like, yo, can I trust her? Or it kind of gives people a shield, like, especially when you're so observant. Because I've been in a lot of rooms with you where you might just be a little bit
2: quiet mm -hmm. and just
0: be like, all right, that's just a looking ass girl right there. She just gonna look at you (laughs) and just be super observant. But then you, since you're not giving much for mm-hmm. me to like take off of it's just like god watch her she kind of sneaky or <laughs> she's sheisty or she knows something or she know me from somewhere and ain't saying nothing so but how has being private worked for you in your life
1: um i feel like it keeps me on point it keeps me true to who i am uh things that i like things that i don't like um Instead of being, you know, swayed by the, you know, the latest trend or what my friends and things are doing, I'm kinda of very confident in who I am. So being private just helps me stay true to who I am.
0: And being private, how has it on the bad end, how has it hurt you?
1: Um, sometimes I feel like when you don't share enough, um, it leaves a lot it leaves a lot of room for assumptions. Right, we just Because worry. you're not really giving people, you're not giving people any content. So they're just going off of what they see and, you know, making making an assumption. Mm-hmm. And because that door is closed, I mean, to me, I feel like the door is open somewhat. But others may perceive that door as being closed. So they're not going to ask um, open-ended questions or anything to kind of get to know me more. So that can hinder me.
0: So you basically like, I'm not antisocial, but you got to ask the right questions to get the right answers out of me.
1: I'll share to, to to a certain extent. <laughs> I'll tell you stuff that's not a secret. Okay. I'm not definitely not going to share my secrets, but general stuff. So what, what's the secret though? I don't know. It's just stuff that you you know you take to the grave with you. Stuff you know. Everything isn't for everybody. All my friends don't know everything about me. It's some things that I've shared with one friend that another friend who may have known me the same amount of time might not even know. So how so does it,
0: that how does that start conflict though? So now you're 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 con- not conniving, but you're <laughs> conniving. Okay, I'm gonna tell friend A this, and then I know I didn't tell nobody else this. So if this gets out, I know that no, friend A said
1: it. I'm not thinking like that. I just feel like different relationships are different. Right, okay. they're different. They're established differently. You have different reports with different people. Um, so I feel like you kind of you nurture what you what you build, and every friendship isn't the same. You might have a friend that you connect with just based on your upbringing. You might got another friend that you built a rapport with in college, which is a total um, different experience from your upbringing. You know what I'm trying to say? So you could mm-hmm. just relate to people differently. So with that, you tend to share information differently.
0: That makes sense.
1: So not necessarily that I'm trying to be um, sneaky or, mm-hmm. I mean, naturally I am a guarded person, but it's not my intent to be like, oh, I'm not going to tell this person that. Like I don't feel like i have trust issues per se you know what i mean like i'm not going to tell this person because i feel like the information is going to get out it's more so why do they need to know my business
0: (laughs) okay okay all right cool so you not an open book but you're not a closed one either yes but it's just like certain information is like why do you need to know that so now your guarded mind causes you to put that like that safe you know the when you go into like a bank you got that safety deposit box but you got that big wall where they got to put the code in Mm -hmm. so it's like talking to you is like all right i'm the bank but then you start asking these questions it's like this safe that's locked and it's like i'm guarded this information why do you need to know all of this extra information exactly so (laughs) all right yeah all right i know it's complicated i know um so, how does that how does that manifest in relationships? Because you got to be a certain type of guy to be able to deal with that type of personality. Because I can imagine talking to somebody like you on the phone. I'm forced to think for you. So, a lot of people probably overthink things. and And the toughest part about things that are untrue is when you're hearing somebody tell you some things that they think is facts already.
1: Okay.
0: So, how does that work in relationships? Like...
1: Um, it's been extremely challenging. Um, I would say I have a very dominant personality. Um, hmm, okay. So, so that um, means
0: when this is at the point where you get comfortable around somebody.
1: No, just in general. Okay. Just in general, even though you know I am observing, I, I can be um, a wallflower for lack of a better word. My personality is present. Okay. Um, so I feel like sometimes when I'm engaging with the opposite sex, that opposite sex, they can kind of be like intimidating to them.
2: Right
0: so you're basically saying only the strong survive
1: yeah it's been an uphill battle
0: (laughs) so what are you scared of
1: Mm. relationship wise i mean
0: you take it where you want to take it whatever it's surface thinking i'm just trying to figure out how you feel
1: um i would say my biggest fear is not making something out of myself However you define it. Um, it doesn't have to be the generic success where you go to school and you get your master's. It doesn't have to be on a business, but I know like 20 years from now, I just want to look back and see that I made some effort to make something out of my life. I just It just wasn't mundane and typical.
0: So we are who we are because of how we grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why we're positive is because all we seen was positive mm-hmm. or we are positive because all we've seen is negative. So Mm -hmm. it's like a, it's weird. Like, I don't even know how to call it like a double entendre, but it's just one of those things that sticks. It makes sense on each side. Mm -hmm. So for you to say, you just want to make something out of yourself. That doesn't seem like something you just was like, all right, I just want to make something out of yourself. That seems like something that was probably like deep rooted where you had a lot of people in your family that were successful. You had Mm -hmm. a lot of people in your family that weren't successful. You had a lot of things in your life that caused you to, um, Think that it wasn't possible or it wasn't attainable. Mm-hmm. So, what is it that makes you? Why is that one of your things that you don't want to not be?
1: Um, I would say the bulk of my family is uh female. So it's, it's a lot of females. I don't even have any uncles. Um, and all my cousins or you know all of my male figures in my life would be my cousins. So I don't even have any uncles. I never really had a positive. I never really had a strong male role model in my life, period. So I wouldn't even say positive. It just wasn't a a huge male presence. Um, And then the females in my family, they're definitely Mm -hmm. goal-driven, ambitious, you know, going to definitely make a way out of something. You know, my grandmom um, owns a bunch of properties. She only has, I think, like a third-grade education. And, you know, at 81, she's still pushing managing properties. You know, my mom was in the Army, you know, raised me single-handedly. My aunt, you know... Was successful, so I feel like they kind of set the tone to not accept the status quo. Uh-huh. Um, you know, work with what you have to try to get more, um, but also work with what you have to create something, and not use it as uh, "this is it, this is all."
0: So, is this a is this a is this a, like a, a a a how can I say this? Is this a soft boulder or a hard boulder? And what I mean by a hard boulder is like. You know, you put this, this stress on your shoulders or you put this pressure on your shoulders. Is it a hard boulder where, you know, you have people drilling you that you have to do this? Or is it a soft boulder where you see everybody doing good things where it kind of self, you self-reflect and make yourself say, I got to do good because where I'm is it you. you know what I'm saying? Is it yourself yeah. that's causing this? You
1: know, it would be myself. You know, I, you know I, uh, family members, my immediate family members are definitely supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like you have to do A, B, and C for them to accept you. Whatever you want to do, whoever you want to love, they're going to, you know, accept you unconditionally. Just for me, I just feel like you only get one step in life in, uh, this, in, the, in this physical sense, you know what I mean? So, right. you know, it's going to be some negative experiences, some things that, you know, you encounter that you don't, you know, have the answers to or, you know, you still question as years go on. But... You only get one step at this life, so Not why not try to make, I don't know, that. that's like my goal, just to try to make something out of something. I don't know what that what that question mark is yet.
0: Is that tough, though? I mean, because yeah. like, cause if you don't know, does that mean you're walking in purpose or you're existing? Do you feel like you have to have a, a, a goal to feel like you're walking in purpose?
1: Not necessarily. Um, I feel like a lot of my passions kind of lead me subconsciously. Okay. Without me having to like identify a specific goal, like I'm very passionate, just engaging with people. So
0: you're saying driving in a car, mm-hmm. your passion for sightseeing always gets you where you want to go.
1: Not necessarily, but it will.
0: Is that confidence, or is that like, can you prove that? Confidence. So your belief mm-hmm. of you'll figure it out helps you walk in purpose. Yes. I don't know. I mean, it's not for me to disagree, but for me, I feel like if I don't have a purpose or if I don't have like a reason to not saying you don't, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying, if I if I don't have a reason to get up every day or a reason to live, I'm just existing. I don't have a purpose. So my purpose is to make a better life for my children, mm-hmm. make a better life for my fiance aka wife. So, I'm walking in my purpose because if I'm working I'm walking in my purpose Exactly But if I don't have Like ideally Like if I don't have My purpose Or I haven't found it We all gotta figure it out But if I don't have it I just feel like I'm as a person is just existing So for me It's like I know I wanna do right By people I just wanna be A positive person I just mm-hmm. wanna do right I don't wanna I, Like I like to go to sleep Looking in the mirror Knowing that I did right And I'll have nobody Looking for me If somebody's coming In this door They either got the wrong person Or they think I have something That I don't So You feel like your passions will mm-hmm. help you get to where you need to go, so let's talk about some of the passions that you had
1: so my passions is always just helping people. I know that sounds cliche, but in every aspect of my life, every job I've had, every um relationship that exists is always around support um and those are the little light bulbs that I get throughout you know my path and my journey, just in general, trying to establish the bigger question mark. Mm-hmm. It kind of lets me know, like, this is the way I should be going. If that makes sense. Sometimes when you, um, when you're tempted to explore other things, God will redirect you For right sure. back to that initial light bulb. Like, no, that's not the way I want you to go. So, um, like I said, my central focus is always being a support, even if it's behind the scenes or just lending a helping hand. That's just the type of person I am. Like, if my friends are talking to me about something, my my my, my wills and my mind are automatically starting to turn. Like, well, how can I be a support? Are you just, are you needing to stay on the board right now? Do you need somebody help? Somebody to help you go over a resume? Do you need um, to get in contact with this person or be connected to this venue or something like that? So those are the things that always kind of keep me, I would say, on a straight and narrow sometimes. Mm-hmm. Even when all the other question marks are still there.
0: So when are you going to become selfish?
1: I am selfish. That's, that's the guarded piece of me. Okay. So, so, I feel like Alexis is a bunch of, I mean, we all are a bunch of different leaders, but Alexis is a, is a, a mere, a multitude of leaders. Like, so you, that's what I'm saying. Everybody that knows me doesn't know the exact same person. Okay. You're going to, of course, it's going to be common um, elements that, you know, everybody can identify, oh yeah, that's Alexis, that's her mm-hmm. personality, that's what she like, that's what she don't like. But every relationship, I feel like it uncovers different layers of who I am.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so you think being guarded makes you selfish? Why? Well,
1: because it protects who I am. It protects things that are important to me. Like- no, I'm
0: t- I'm talking about per se being, um, more selfish on, uh, being more successful. I mean, being more uh, selfish on your success or for your success. Mm-hmm. Because I have put out my Mm -hmm. output is immensely greater than my input Mm -hmm. and then certain things in life has forced me to see things as like hey your loyalty your love your admiration for others your 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 knack or your niche for wanting to see other people shine and Mm -hmm. do well hasn't really fared good for you in the ending so at that point it was like all right you keep going around in the circles. It's like round and round and round. You keep being in the same situation. So that means after a while, you're doing that shit to yourself. Mm-hmm. So when I started to put myself first, I started to attain more information. I started to know more. I started mm-hmm. to reach out and, and, and meet more people and get information from them. So now I feel like when I need to help somebody, I have more to give. Than my actual physical self. Okay. So the the pop... Like, your wall breakdown. I don't know how to fix your wall. But your wall breakdown. I know somebody that I've met Mm -hmm. that can help you get the wall fixed. Instead of me not knowing and sitting here trying to help you. Because I think... Because I know a little bit more. Or maybe... Because my hands is... Like, four hands is better than two. Mm -hmm. If I'm sitting there helping you. But if I don't have the information to be able to fix the wall. I'm really... Just there it's for moral and moral support.
1: Yeah, so I feel like it's just important knowing what your role is in a moment. Okay. Your role isn't going to be the same in every situation. Sometimes when you converse conversing with your friends... Um, they might be sharing, you know, a situation with you that was troubling to them, but they might not even want you to say anything. They might just want you to be a listener.
0: And and that's tough to recognize. Exactly. Mm -hmm.
1: Some friends might want advice. Some friends might want you to help work them through the situation to come up with a decision. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So just kind of knowing what your role is. And we don't always know what our role is. That's why it's important to kind of have that dialogue so you can kind of know, are you supposed to be fitting into this piece Mm -hmm. or not? Um,
0: I I think people like you are... um, I think people like you are easier, like, it's it's, it's an ease to spot things like that. Mm -hmm. Because I find nobody comes to you. I mean, not nobody, but it's very rare that somebody comes to tell you their problem and say, listen, I don't want your input. I don't want you to say nothing. I just want you to listen. Mm hmm Or I don't want you just to sit there and listen. I want you to do something. So that sometimes is the struggle that I might have. Okay with people where it's like they're telling me their whole situation and then I'm like yo well you need to do this you ever talk to somebody on the phone or just in, in general and they're telling you their problems and then you telling them what you think they should do mm-hmm. but it just doesn't seem like they're even listening to what you're saying mm-hmm. because they kind of just want to get it out
1: exactly
0: and you feel like you are a great person to facilitate their energy yeah like what I mean by facilitate their energy like you can recognize it off rip
1: I mean, not all the time. It comes with trial and error. Like um, that actually came up in the, the last few recent months with a particular friend of mine, and we were kind of, kind of made a pick more for to let each other know, like you want you want advice or you just want to ear. Because
2: mm-hmm.
1: sometimes you just want to get stuff off your chest. And I'm a firm mm-hmm. believer there are situations where you really don't know what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But the bulk of the time, you already you already have that gut feeling where you already know. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you might be experiencing something with your boyfriend or, you know, your significant other. You already kind of know what you want to do in that situation. You're not really calling your girlfriends to get their approval or mm-hmm. denial of your situation. You just want to get it off your chest in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of keeping it at the forefront of my mind is like, okay, you don't, have to, you don't have to be the problem solver. You just can be a support. Sometimes I think we get support confused with being on the front line. You don't have to always be on the front line. You don't always have to be in the actual trenches with the person. You can kind of, you could be just as effective being behind the scenes, helping the person in whatever the way they need help, if that makes sense.
0: That makes a lot of sense.
1: So, like, your role isn't always going to be the same with every relationship, with every um, situation. Every yeah. Sometimes
0: you're the big brother. Sometimes you're the little exactly. brother. Sometimes,
1: right, I, I you know, get you. know, like, your strong suit, for instance, might like I said, you might be, your strong suit, for instance, might be creating a resume. That's your thing. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it isn't, but you know somebody. hmm so you would just be connecting that person to the other person. You don't ha you don't really have a real role in that situation. That's okay.
0: We talked about it earlier mm-hmm. and you were talking about um like the getting out of your own head or mm-hmm. just trying to make things happen. Like do you feel like you're a perfectionist?
1: Definitely anal. Okay. Um to a, to a to a deficit sometimes. Okay. Um because I just feel like the, the the little details don't always matter, but they do matter. I'm a person that's going to pay attention to, like, the small details. Mm-hmm. You know, did you just get me a card and you just signed your name in it? Did you get me a card and you wrote, like, a little message? You know what I mean? Like, just the little things. And I always want to kind of stay true to things that, you know, give me light bulbs. Not just the pissed stuff out there. So... It's it's like a good my my personality in a, in a nutshell is a good and a bad thing. <laughs> I mean,
0: like when I thought about when I thought about like a perfectionist or you know, I was thinking about you know like if you were trying to do something positive or mm-hmm. like you know your clothing line or different things like that. I was thinking about like that. You basically was like, look, man, this card. Thank you, but. You, <laughs> You I'm just, just put using your name it's a
1: general. No, well, no, no. Why no, was, that, no. A, why was a, that
0: the
2: Why was <laughs> that the first thing that came to your head?
1: Probably because I was just talking about that recently. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, definitely was just talking about that recently. No, but I am. I I don't know if I would classify myself as a perfectionist. I will say that I am anal, um, in the details. Okay.
0: So with that, are you <laughs> are you ungrateful? No. Do you I have like a? Uh, uh,
1: I'm very grateful.
0: You just had this standard. Yes. I didn't say whether it was high or low, but you have this standard or this expectation. Yes. How has expectations, like your expectations, how has that really helped you in life? From other people.
1: Expectations from other people.
0: Because, mm-hmm. like, if it's Valentine's Day, uh, Valentine's Day, like I, everybody say Valentines, but it's Valentine's. Mm-hmm. So for Valentine's Day, you expect this certain gift or you expect not this certain gift but a a bracket <laughs> within parentheses mm-hmm. specific specific types of gifts and if you don't get that then maybe your analytical side comes to play of course how has that helped and how has that fared in your life
1: it's crazy because uh, probably about a year or so ago maybe um, longer I was talking to a friend of mine's mom um and she was saying that you know with age you will learn to not have expectations. Like if something good happens then something good happens and if the outcome is negative, then it's just negative, but it shouldn't really it shouldn't really move you cuz you shouldn't have the expectations to begin with. It just be neutral. Um so I don't know. Uh I would just say that it 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 makes things challenging. Mm-hmm. I I I can say that because sometimes how you view things isn't always how the other person view things. Somebody exactly. might, you know, go get a car and just write their name and, you know, get a bouquet of roses and a gift. And to them, you know, that was the world. In my head, I'm gonna be proposed to it. this, you know, mm-hmm. extravagant venue and make sure you invite the, you know, the the right amount of select people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's why I said like this new chapter that I just entered, just turned 30, just trying to be more flexible with life.
0: So as as I get older, you (laughs) as you get older, you start to start to realize things, and it's like, oh, uh," and I'm really starting to get into how the mind works, Mm -hmm. and how people think, and how people think differently than how I think. Mm -hmm. So, like, love languages. Are you familiar with love languages? Somewhat, yes. All right, cool. So, if it's two guys, let's just say it's two guys. We're gonna do different, two, two different guys okay. on Valentine's Day. One guy gets you like a card, <laughs> regular, regular little card. It probably don't even fit you per se, but the, got you a card and he got you like some like a little teddy bear. Mm-hmm. But then you got another guy who gets you a mariachi band. Forty bouquets of red roses. Band, <laughs> you got balloons all over your house. Roses on the floor. Candlelight dinner, and all of those different things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Who loves you more?
1: That's not a fair question. You got to know your partner, and everybody displays their love differently. So that's why okay. I said that's that that's a that's a part of me growing up and okay. growing more to not have such uh, stringent expectations just because it doesn't pan out the way you see fit doesn't mean it doesn't exist in the sense like we're talking about love or we're talking about feelings right now. You know what I mean? Like the person that got you the car or whatever could love you way more than a person that did all of that. You know what I mean? So that's why I say communication is key in any relationship cause you got to kind of know your partner. Knowing your partner will help you. Knowing my partner helps me mediate my expectations.
0: Okay, and that's I was going to go back to um, uh, about expectations because you said you, uh, you, a friend's mom was talking, mm-hmm. and he's like, "You can't have." That's so easy to say, but I think that that's impossible to like have zero expectations for somebody because the way you grow up,
1: mm-hmm.
0: th- the way things happen, you will die. Because I think
1: they wish she not to cut you off. I think they wish she women. We be thinking like 50 days ahead, Mm -hmm. two years ahead, five years ahead. Like, you and me, the guy, went on three great dates, and you already thinking six months out. In that context, why are you setting expectations? Why are you not being more present in the moment and just dealing with the situations as they come? Why have you you made such an elaborate picture, you know what I mean, of something that you don't even know how far it's going to go in that sense? And I feel like that's just... It could just be me because I'm an overthinker. I'm always analyzing, I'm always thinking. But I do think sometimes women in general, um, we kind of go overboard sometimes.
0: But what's the opposite of that? The opposite of that is like... Just being present,
1: being in the moment.
0: It's like, okay, I'm in the moment. Your expectations are like derivatives of the moment.
1: Yeah, no. Because it's
0: like, if... You know, he want to take y'all to dinner And he's like Look I just want to do something Low key in the crib Romantic mm-hmm. And y'all sitting on the floor Indian style Eating mm-hmm. oodles or noodles With chopsticks That situation That moment Sparks Your expectations Whether it's Oh this is dope This is romantic I can Does it exp-
1: spark a standard Or does it spark an expectation
0: I still think expectation <laughs> I still think expectation Because it's like I ex- okay. He did this for me, or she did this for me. This was dope. So I expect this to be like this all of the time. Now I guess you. Could, I guess I see where you're saying standard, mm-hmm. but they go together. Because mm-hmm. your expectations is this is the standard. So next time when you come over, he like yeah. Get the food in the kitchen. Go get your own stuff. You like. Last time I was here, you gave me the food. You know what I'm saying? You prepared it for me. So I think those things is impossible. I think I
1: wouldn't say impossible. I wouldn't say that you, you have can have reach a, zero expectations. I think that's like far fetched. Right. But I do th- I do think we can learn to minimize our expectations. Like just I being more present in a moment. Like you, like I said, you instead of you'll have an upcoming date. Mm-hmm. Just just. Do what you got to do to get prepared for the date. You'll be already thinking about well, what restaurant, or what's on the menu, what time, and what we going to do afterwards, or what about next month. You know what I mean? Like, for me, that's... But you... For but, but, me, I, I just feel like it would be beneficial for me to be more present in a moment and not overanalyze every little thing.
0: Right. Overanalyzing every little thing is something that like, you can't be meticulous mm-hmm. on. It's like, you can't... You can't just be like... Like... Deep incisions of just trying to do too much, <laughs> but expectations—it's mm-hmm. like common sense. It's like it? these things you need. Like I'm walking Everybody out the door, and the somebody in front of me, sense, I kind of like expect them to hold the door for me. But, but what if they don't, if they don't, it's gonna smack me in the face. You can—I just—I just think that it probably plays off of different parts of the brain. Then I, I
1: just—I guess I would just say it's situation based. You, I, I couldn't formulate one response that would be applicable to every situation but like you know the instance the situation that you just said you're expecting a person in front of you to hold the door but why not brace yourself to grab the door and if they do hold the door for you then thank you and if they don't it's not that big of a deal because you're already prepping yourself to grab the door before it's makes you in the face
0: but even though you prep yourself for the door you still have an attitude i don't oh expect God, you to all... listen
1: i'm serious <laughs>
0: I don't expect you to hold the door but I got, I got the door myself but that still doesn't take away your feelings of that damn
1: dog you could have held the door for me but if you incur a situation more times than not multiple occasions i I do feel like it would decrease your expectation of oh, people no, holding might just the be door. a little
0: bit more anal than you are
1: <laughs> i'm just saying i'm just playing devil's advocate right I'm just a, you know a natural debater but i'm saying if that situation happens over and over and over again like for every 10 people you encounter only one person holds the door I bet you a year from now you won't really you will start to lose sight of the expectation that people are supposed to hold the door. Yes, that's your norm, that's mm-hmm. your custom, but you've experienced that that's not a societal custom. So now you brace yourself.
2: That's
1: fair. More subconsciously to hold the door, so your your emotion around people not holding the door won't be as great as it was the first two or three or ten or twenty times. That's kind of what I'm saying.
0: I mean that that spark that's that spark yeah that was the uh the operation where he hit me like like all right i got it (laughs) i got it um so what does like what does like if you could take your eyeballs out and just look at yourself 10 years from now Mm -hmm. what do you look like like what is life like for you
1: god (sighs) 10 years from now um
0: because we still are in this not bubble but we're still in this bubble of trying to figure out what Lex wants to do, but Lex has given us this broad thing that she wants to help people without saying, okay, I want to help people in the way of being a crossing guard, or I want to help people in the way of being a therapist okay. or a psychologist. So I'm just trying to get past that barrier to figure out what Lex wants to do. That's all I'm trying to do.
1: Okay, so on two, on, on a personal level, I would definitely want to be like fulfilled as much as possible in 10 years in my relationships, whether that's intimate, whether that's best friend whether that's familiar relationships mm-hmm. that's the personal aspect and in 10 years from now more professional I definitely would like to have been more solidified as a um, I guess like a gap builder a bridge connector like I really enjoy I really enjoy doing work behind the scenes I don't mind pitting in the work all the work that it needs that it takes to complete a test but I don't necessarily need to be at the podium mm. you know with that spotlight like Alexis did this I'm happy seeing that, you know, it helped you get along in your journey. That's something that I take with me every day in my line of work, you know, professionally right now. As long as I can just, as long as I know I'll put my best effort to try to help somebody get to their next level, whatever that may have been.
2: Mm, so of you're more like a,
0: a support system. Yeah. Or, you know, because it, for every person that's in the limelight, like, it's somebody behind them that's actually doing the real exactly. grunt work, the real hard work, the real...
1: Yeah, I'm Tough cool with labor. it because I am a wallflower. I don't, you know, I like attention sometimes, but that's not my, um, that's not my natural element. Okay, that's definitely not my natural element. I'm cool being behind the scenes, cheering you on, mm. and and us knowing that we both put the work in to kind of accomplish the end goal. But I don't, you don't have to pull me out there with you so we can collect the trophy necessarily.
0: So how do you protect yourself being in that in that line of work?
1: Would you mean, elaborate a little bit?
0: I mean. People tend to forget who helped them get to places. People forget that it just wasn't them. People tend to forget that it took a a collective or it took Lex to help me get to this point. Mm -hmm. How do you protect yourself from those type of people that might forget and just leave you in the dust? Or are you ready Mm -hmm. to just work on it with somebody else?
1: I guess I would just say, like, you know, I'm ready to work on it with somebody else because... Your why is the most important. Mm. Like, wh- why you're doing something is the most important. Like, are you, were you doing to genuinely help somebody or were you doing it for the recognition? Once you answer that question, that should always kind of kind of bring you back the full circle. Yes, of course you want some type of um, notoriety, you know, for being of a great support. But honestly, like, why? If you're doing it, that's your passion. That's what you want to do. Why, wh- why are you looking for that? I'm not a 40 people person. If I could sum that up in words. Like, that's why I said I'm really okay with being behind the scenes. Um, I feel like the most mysterious people mm-hmm. get a lot of attention. You 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 just would never know. But they do.
0: So you think you get a lot of attention?
1: I think I pique a lot of people's interest. Unknowingly.
0: Is it because this world is newsy and they want to know everything about you?
1: Could be, but it's not a like, lot. what you want to know. Cause see, I'm guarded.
0: <laughs> but you get a lot of false positives, though, right? I mean, like, yeah. I mean, in a game that you're playing subconsciously, you're not even—it's just your personality. Mm-hmm. It, it, it strokes the—I'm not gonna say strokes the ego, but it, 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 you know, a kid sees something sparking on the other side of the room. Mm-hmm. Their curiosity causes them to do above and beyond. To try to get over there to that side. So they might do some unconventional or unconventional things. Prime example. A guy likes you. Mm -hmm. He don't really like you like that. Mm -hmm. But you so guarded that the challenge of trying to figure out what she thinking or how is she or who is she or how far can this go Causes somebody to give you false positives in the sense they're doing above and beyond to try to crack the code. Like the longest we've been doing this but. interview, I've been trying to figure out the right question <laughs> to get <laughs> something a little bit more.
1: What you want? I need a direct question. Yeah, I'm, if I'm, you I'm ask not. I'm, open not ended question, I'm not. I'm
0: But that's the thing. Like that's the good thing about this show. I'm not an open ended person. I'm not like you know. I'm not going to ask somebody, yo, how many abortions have you had? Like,
2: <laughs> I'm not going to do that. What just... you want
1: to know? Well, give me a category. And mm-hmm. I'll say that because I... what's meant for you will be. Right. Everybody might not be up for the challenge. Maybe it wasn't meant for that interaction.
0: But then now, now you're starting to, like, that's where the boys become boys or the boys become men, mm-hmm. where your personality causes people to be, uh, what's the word? You know how you know a thousand million gazillion words and the <laughs> yes. easiest words. Sometimes you be like, "Yo, is this how you spell the?" It's like it causes people to be insecure when they're talking to you.
1: Cause, Why? Because they say I'm a. I feel like I'm a very transparent person. Like once you, So once it's like, you, "Hey, how you, you doing? Good." No, no. Where are you no, from? No, no. Philly. Oh no. You like.
2: No. <laughs>
0: so then, you, your then, then 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 your border and your break come like, why is they ask? Why do you want to know my business? So now it's just like, all right, now you're waiting for the punchline. Like, all right, I, what are you trying to do right now when you're asking me all these questions, like where I'm from and all of that? Mm-hmm. Like, but on the opposite end, as a guy, I feel like, like, why is she acting so guard Like, then it be like, you got a boyfriend or something? Like, no. So why are you acting like that? Acting like what? And it's just like, damn, I didn't ask the right questions, or I wasn't so direct. So now you want a guy that's straight, direct. I'm like, yo, how many abortions did you?
1: Oh God! Like sometimes, like saying, like I just want, I'm, I'm not intrigued by like typical conversation, and that's why I say, like, yes, I'm sure, I'm almost positive that. I present a challenge to a lot of people because it can be like uh, pulling teeth sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm totally aware of that. However, I'm I'm just not meant for everybody.
2: That's true. I have
1: evoked such deep conversations from you know people that kind of got they they bypassed all that. They didn't really get discouraged because they couldn't get all their you know they couldn't get their questionnaire answered in the first in the first fifteen minutes. That's the people. That's the person I want to connect with.
0: So, what's your kryptonite? You
1: want a horoscope? You want a um, what you want? My kryptonite, two things. I would say my kryptonite is somebody that just truly gets me. Definitely have experienced it. And um, meeting somebody that kind of matched my thirst for knowledge, like just opening my eyes up to things I never even considered. Mm -hmm. Like I engaged with somebody, um, you know, in the past, and we actually read a book together. I never even did that before with a person. Y'all
0: read a book or wrote it?
1: We read a book together. Okay. Like we both got separate copies. You know, we would read chapter by chapter and really talk about it. And there was a book um, I can't even think of the name, but it, but it was by Ayana Van Zandt, and you already know how she is. So yeah. that kind of helped you helped us learn about each other mm. from something that wasn't necessarily related to us in a sense. Like you got, uh, you're reading something that's kind of neutral. You don't have no personal connection to this book. You didn't write the book. You don't know the person that wrote the book, but from that, you can share your perspectives. Based on something That y'all both were at The same exact words That was something That was like Like uh, super dope was, yeah And
0: it wasn't super <laughs> complex It wasn't like you asked To be flew out to Dubai In 10 minutes It no, was more like
1: Like let's just Show me some new stuff
0: Right So was it like Was it more like A wow factor, Like dang nobody Asked me that Or like I'm intrigued By this because This is something That I want to do
1: I was intrigued Because I I didn't even know there was something That I would enjoy
0: mm, Okay So he kind of Learned to use Something new Mm-hmm. Okay Alright So With your personality Cause I'm intrigued about Your type of personality Cause mm-hmm. I don't meet Too many people that have This discreet <laughs> Mischievous uh, Mysterious uh, Mischievous uh, Personality
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> uh, How do you do with Like Personalities Like mm. Hmm, How can I formulate this question? It's kind of deep. It's like a double entendre. So it's like, what type of personalities fare good or mesh good with you? And I'm not talking just relationships with with Mm -hmm. the opposite sex. I'm talking about with friends of girls and all these. It doesn't even have to be like relationship based.
1: Intellect. Right. Person got to be an intellect. Okay. Like we got to, we have to share like the same enjoyment from just like typical debates. Like I'm a type of person. Like I know the sky is blue, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna argue you down because I just want to see how far you go to support your notion, or you know, or your belief that the sky is blue. I just, it just uncovers so much about a person.
0: So you are like
1: I love dialogue. Like I love it. Okay. At work all day, you know, I call um I call a lot of my daily conversations therapy. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I feel like it's so important to check in with one one another. Um, that's the basis for me starting my business but I just love dialogue so a a person that's that's an intellect that can think beyond surface thinking Mm -hmm. they can think beyond you know just the ingredients that other people give them Mm -hmm. that's the person that I vibe with the most on any level
0: but that with can you be open to hear people's intellect or their dialogue but still be not guarded, but still be. Mm-hmm.
1: See, in that situation, I don't feel like I have to be guarded anymore. It's not even a thing that I feel like I have to be guarded. I just am naturally a guarded person, okay. so I just got to say that. But that engaging with a person is just just intellectual on so many different levels. Mm-hmm. It just miraculously moves removes all this armor. Okay. And I just I I, I feel comfortable being vulnerable, sharing different things. So I'll be talking to my people about stuff that I never share with other people like why am I talking to you about my father not being in my life and it, you know what I mean it's just like I don't it's just a it's a vibe that you get when you can really just connect with a person based off of words
0: so you're more so excited about connecting with people intellectually than anything else
1: yeah absolutely okay absolutely
0: so how do you think your father not being in your life has made you the person that you are I'm
1: trying to figure that out um um.
0: Did you miss him? Did you get a chance to meet him? Did he su- left you one day. How did it happen?
1: Surprisingly, it ha- it hasn't. It wasn't a yearning until I would say my adulthood. Okay. Um, my childhood, it wasn't like a void that I even knew that existed because nobody in my immediate circle had father, so it okay. wasn't even like a thing. Well, why is my dad not coming? Like it just. Okay. Sadly, it was the norm, so it wasn't something that I recognized as a void. Um. As I get older, you know, you, and you're establishing different relationships or you're looking for different um, input, of course, you, you know, start to kind of analyze that void. Now you identify the void, you acknowledge it, and it is definitely present in my adulthood, I would say. So how has it shaped me? Hmm... Um,
0: is it even, is? do you even know? Because like you said, you didn't know. really have that proper representation. Like every one person on the block had a dad. You'd be like, dang, that's what a dad's like. But if you haven't seen it, do you even, you know, a kid that never seen an iPad never yearns for an iPad.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I could like honestly and fully answer that question. Okay. Um, Only because like I said, it wasn't until recent. I'm not saying like last year, but... But then, like, my true adulthood, I would say 25 plus, that I, like, really felt the void, acknowledged the void, and now I'm just trying to, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know, why, why, why? how does it make me feel? Why does it make me feel that way? What is it that I'm, you and, know, looking for, in a sense? And do you
0: question it, like, is time. this, is this because I don't have a dad, or is this because this is his life? Because, like,
1: um... I don't think it's just life No I'm just saying with anything Cause it's
0: like alright If I didn't have my mom in my life I wanna be around a girl a lot You know what I'm saying So I was like I didn't have my mom The reason why I wanna be around The opposite sex so much Or I'm so clingy to these To these specific women Is because I didn't have my mom in my life Or is it Is it because I didn't have my mom in my life Or am I just a clingy person Do you ever have those uh, Incongruences with yourself
2: Where you can't really
0: rationalize Why you feel the way you feel Whether it's because he wasn't there Absolutely Okay
1: Absolutely If I had to sum it up That would That would kind of be Like a good Polished answer Absolutely
0: So do you have Family on that side That you talk to Or anything like that
1: No I don't know Like no (laughs) All my family is from My mom's side My maternal side So I have no Interaction Whatsoever um, From my father's side
0: All right. I never heard that before ever. That's Never heard what? Like, sometimes you like, all right, my dad wasn't around, but then you got his mom who was still grandmom and made sure that you got Christmas gifts mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's just like...
1: My entire family is my mom's side. I have no interaction whatsoever.
0: Do you know of them?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So you just chose not to...
1: No, it's not. That's a long story. Him and my mother okay. choose to. uh man, you trying to <laughs> try to remove go. my guardedness? Really <laughs> I'm working. Um, it's definitely not my choice. And my mother choose have chosen to um, protect their relationship in spite of me.
0: Oh, awesome. re- repeat that for me a little bit slower. So. Down.
1: My father or the person that I believe to be my father um and my mom on a regular basis they have they have always been um good friends up until this day, but they don't nobody wants to do the the nitty-gritty. nobody wants to um uncan these worms. I'll say that so I know who he, I know who he he could possibly be, but we don't have a relationship at all. However, he does engage with my mother on a regular basis. They are friends. <laughs> They've known each other since uh, do you, uh, high school, I believe.
0: Do you question it?
1: All the time. It angers me.
0: Okay, all so don't deal with your daughter, but me and you can have a conversation.
1: I know. It sounds bizarre.
0: I mean, I, I'm not here to judge or anything like that no. because all of our lives are just totally different, but I'm just trying to figure out.
1: I know. Me too. <laughs>
0: why is I don't why? know I mean and and I don't want to pry but like the only reason like that I can like even make sense of anything because mm-hmm. like you gotta think with both sides. maybe it was your mom idea to have you
1: I don't know like, so I'm not I'm not placing a blame on either side I'm just telling you the construct of what exists today so I'm not I'm, I'm not bashing him
2: right
1: um I don't know a lot about the situation or the circumstances that, you know, birthed this great person, this great woman. You say, um, which you are a great person. <laughs> but that is like that's the honest to God. That's the truth. I don't know. Um, and that is something that, like I said, has troubled me throughout my um, adult life. Um, the quite, You know, the, a lot of question marks, the big question marks.
0: So, I'm trying to really ask the right questions now because, like you said, (laughs) me and you have the same amount of information when it comes to that whole situation. Mm -hmm. But, like, that has to really, maybe you don't even know the effect that that may have on you because, like.
1: I don't, but I know it does. Of course. It has
0: to. Terrell Owens, the football player that played in the NFL, dad, he didn't know his dad. His dad never talked to him. His dad lived exactly directly across the street from him mm-hmm. he's seen his dad playing football on the front lawn with his other kids but mm-hmm. never interacted with them mm-hmm. like you you can't nobody can give you inform, inf, nobody can give you information that makes that even rational nobody believes that that's even rational or it makes sense so for you to not be able to get a logical information or logical information or from anybody and everybody feels the same way. It kind of leaves you as empty as it is me now. I'm empty because I don't understand it, right? Mm-hmm. But do you guard yourself by not? I mean, because you' grown, you're 30. Like mm-hmm. so, now you can get information if you wanted to. Do you just choose not to?
1: No, I have I have initiated um, trying to gather information, but it, it, it never it never leads to an outcome. So I, that's why I said I don't know what. I don't know what's in the arena. I don't know why it, it never moves past the initial um the initial product. I don't know that. Um all I do know is that, you know, as I become more and more of a woman, as I be trying to learn more and more about myself, I know it's a void there. I can't really pick all the colors out of the crayon box to put in that void, but I know it exists, um and it, you know, could possibly be related to the absence of my father. Mm. So because what, I don't have a lot of information, I just don't want to seem like I'm bashing him or no, my mom. I, I you know it, what I mean? Exactly. It's just, a, it's it's a...
0: So what do you hear a lot from people that you deal with in relationships mm-hmm. or friendships or coworkers? What do you hear where it's like, yo, you like the 30,000th person that said that to me. Said what to you? Anything. Like, what do you hear a lot? Like, you know, like... Hmm. I say like too much. <laughs> so, f- for example, for me, my, if I might say so myself, so many people say, "Yo, you so smart." I hear that all of the time. So <laughs> I'm just like, "Dang, you like the thousandth person that said that." So, um, what I'm getting at is, what do you hear a lot that may cause you to say I can attribute that to what I'm going through with my dad and my mom? So, do do like your best friends be like, "Oh my God, you so stubborn." And then somebody at work be like, yo, you just got this stubborn attitude. Mm -hmm. Do you, like, what is it that you think that you hear a lot?
1: I can't necessarily pinpoint something that I hear that I will automatically attribute to that situation. Because I don't, that doesn't necessarily exist. Okay. Um, I am... Who my mom raised, I am who my you know my aunt raised. Um, my mom, my aunt, were, you know, they were my parents. They were the mom and dad for me. So I didn't enter adulthood with these uh hardships. Okay. My childhood upbringing was you know, um, my childhood upbringing was good. I had access to you know opportunities. You know, I was loved. I was um, definitely supported. You know, I didn't have like a. I get. I guess it just, it's like a little bit weird. It's just like you assume because your dad wasn't in your life that you had, like, you know, um, unfavorable upbringing. So it's right. like you grow up with these um, regrets or, okay. you know, resentment. Mom was the total opposite. I had a wonderful upbringing. It's just that now that I'm developing into a new person. I'm not who I was when I was six. You know, I'm 30 now. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you're coming into your own questions start to pose that, you know, you didn't have the intellect back then to even... Constructed question, you know what I mean? So it's not until I get older that I start to be like, "Well, is this?"
0: So who was in the military? was it your mom or your aunt? My mom. Did she have like a a hard upbringing on you? Like it's my mm-hmm. way or the highway.
1: My mom was a total opposite of me. Right. <laughs> Very uh, loving and social <coughs> and everything. Um, you know, my cousin Afia and I, we were pretty much raised like siblings. Uh, about, I guess three, about three or four years apart. Three years apart. But we grew up in a very supportive household. I just... I know it sounds weird, but really... No, it's not It weird. wasn't it's until weird. I got older that I really started to yearn for that um, male figure. Or that I even started to identify, like, dang, I didn't even wasn't have even, a male figure.
0: But maybe it wasn't even a yearning for a male figure. Maybe it was just the yearning to figure out why is this situation so... I'm not going to say weird. I'm going to say different.
1: So maybe it's like...
0: Because
1: I know... I think it's both. <clears throat> for me, I think it's both because it's... Sometimes when you don't have your father in your life, you have other male mm-hmm. role models right there were no males in my in my immediate family, so my cousins, my first cousins, mm-hmm. ten years plus on me, my grandfather died, my mom's father he died when I was like in middle school um that's it right. <laughs> everybody else is a women um
0: every kid's reality is a different reality, so some yeah. kids might think that outside it's you know it's spaceships, and some other kids deal with reality like they know that. Mm-hmm. In the trap, so you might have been just shielded from
1: possibly, you know, most certainly
0: from other things that other kids recognize. Like, my dad, not here, Mm -hmm. you didn't really, and plus, you didn't like in your actual vicinity of people, it wasn't a whole lot of dads being around. But, like, I know for me, like, I really want to know where the hell I come from, like, because, like, I talk to people and they'd be like. My grandmom is German. My, my grandma's first generation German. My dad is, mm-hmm. you know, from Cambodia. And, like, you know where you come from. I don't really. I mean, of course, I know I had to come from Africa. I'm mm-hmm. not this dark from just sitting <laughs> in the sun. Like, So I know I came from somewhere, but I don't know what the I'm coming from or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I really want to know that information. I so, know that, too. So it's just like
1: i i really to those any i don't have i really don't have no answers it's not that I don't have um questions it's not that I haven't um tried to uncover this elaborate plan to kind of keep it all boxed up um it just hasn't yielded any outcome does you know that that thus far i don't know if you know in the future
0: so do, does the resistance affect you
1: yeah most certainly most certainly. Um, I think a lot of times, and that is something that I struggle with, um, within my relationships, period, because of my outward persona, persona, people automatically assume that I'm built to handle way more Mm -hmm. just because that's, you know, that's, that's my personality. So, um, people don't always take into account the impact different things can have on me just because they perceive me as being such a strong person. So, like I said, I definitely think that his absence definitely affects me, um, more ways than one. I just don't know what those ways are at this particular moment. I have been encounter a lot of situations, like, I like Do you wanna that, know? Yeah.
0: Like what what effects like that that he had on you? Do you wanna know?
1: Yeah, if it was possible, yeah. No yeah.
0: So let's talk about this business. Not this <laughs> I don't wanna say this business because Um When you say that it's kinda like a slight to somebody Let's mm-hmm. talk about your business that you created.
1: Okay, so Fetch Green & Co. F-E-T-C-H Green & Co. Um, the light bulb popped into my head, I would say, in 2017. Um, just wasn't really feeling fulfilled in my, um, in the dialogue that I was having on a day-to-day with, you know, friends and primarily friends, yeah. Um, and I kind of felt felt the odd that it's like when you're, you can have such extensive, Back and forth dialogue. If you screenshot something and it's funny, or if you bid on something, that that, that you know mm-hmm. the chat is endless. But when you're talking about um, some more serious adulthood stuff, you you know it just kind of falls on deaf ears. Yeah, so that right, was the the prompting mm-hmm. of um, this girls' night that I had organized back in 2017. I called it Visionary Night of Thought. Um, so I strategically invited I think about mm-hmm. ten to twelve people. Um, made sure that people in a room could connect either based off of their role, mm-hmm. being a parent maybe, or um, their job sure. industry or something, mm-hmm. that they would be connected. Because I didn't want people to, I didn't want the event to be cliquish. Mm-hmm. Like I strategically invited some friends but didn't invite others, or some colleagues but didn't invite others. And it was wonderful. Started at 7, then it's around 12. <laughs> we all was crying. Um, you know, it was organized with activities and things like that, and that kind of birthed the, the Fetch Green and Co. unconventional therapeutic dialogue, like mm-hmm. uh, that's why I said I love just having conversations with people.
0: So, <clears throat> what is it now? Like, what is it?
1: So I'm still trying to uh, get it off the ground, but the goal, I would say, the our overall niche of Fetch Green and Co. is pretty much just to organize or um, develop like wellness work workshops. I'm thinking about having at least one workshop each quarter um, that really just tries to target adverse life experiences. Um, although the activities surrounding that subject don't always have to be like negative, I don't want it to be like a. I want you to leave the activity feeling like empowered, feeling like you know you got some type of chip off your shoulder, um, you have some type of knowledge to you know to, to move on the next days, mm. not like how you did in the past. So when I say like adverse life experiences, not having your father, how does that make you feel? Mm. A lot of times like we experience things, and although we know other people have dealt with it. For some strange reason, we seem to believe we're the only people dealing with that within our circle. Yeah,
2: I agree with that. You know
1: what I mean. Mm-hmm. So just, it's my goal to just have more um, thought-provoking conversations now. Like we, we we don't check in. We'll be in a group chat, but we're not checking in with one another. Mm-hmm. Like you'll you'll send a general good morning, but like, do you really know how that person's feeling that morning? Are you really like tuned into their life? Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt <laughs> that, that that wasn't that wasn't always present across the board in all of my relationships. Um, and I, I, I guess I'm the, I, didn't, I don't understand why that type of conversation is off-putting, but it is. So my goal is to try to construct, like I said, these wellness workshops um, that are attractive to both sexes, you know, gender, am um, <laughs> sorry, men and women, because I don't want it to, it's not going to be like a women's group. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, whatever the subject is, for instance, we can be talking about relationships and how, you know, over the course of time we kind of have moved away from marriage um, versus back in the day, you know, it, it wasn't uncommon to be raised in a two-parent w- marriage united <laughs> household. Let Like, let's talk about that. What are some of the challenges that men are experiencing, you know, when they're dating? We always mm-hmm. hear about, you know, what females think of as the generic guy or the general guy or the general um, challenges of dating. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's hear from the men. So although the topic is to address like I said, adverse life experiences, I want the dialogue to be more positive. I want the activities, um, to be more uplifting.
0: So it sounds like you're going to need a referee in them joints to be able
1: to, Uh, um, I, I, I feel like, you know, I definitely want to hone in on my skills, but I feel like I'm a good facilitator. So my goal is to keep it intimate. mm. Um, I would say no more than 20 people, mm-hmm. but like, you know, 10 to 15 people would be ideal because in intimate settings, you're more, um, you're more likely to kind of uncover something that you, that you would, that you wouldn't in a large setting. People feel more connected to the people that's in the room that, that, that armor comes off. They want to share, you know, they feel more inclined to share some stuff they want to get off their chest. And that's exactly what happened at the, um, Visionary Night of Thought. I learned stuff about my friends that I didn't even know. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So... That's my general focus. But with that, you know, just providing, like, resource linkage, that's what I do professionally. So I feel like a lot of times the system wants people to come to them or, you know, look a certain part where they to qualify for help. Mm-hmm. No, let's just meet people where they at. I feel like our, our community has, I don't know, it seems like the community has, like, the idea of the community has, like, disappeared. You'll have somebody living on one street with a BMW on that same block as somebody that's not eating every day. Mm-hmm. It's ninety degrees and somebody don't have like an air conditioner, but you gotta, you know, a whole um, you know, central AC and you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. let's get back to being more unified and helping our fellow neighbor.
0: So what's the key to do that though?
1: Dialogue. Mm-hmm. Real conversation, like let's talk.
0: <clears throat> I mean, I feel like I feel like a lot of um even though they say that it's a myth I Mm -hmm. feel like a lot of the Willie Lynch um teachings are still still working even past 300 years Mm -hmm. because it's like even the the the, the fight amongst us is yeah I'm black you black but I just gotta do better than you or I got the BMW and the Central Air aha you don't got shit so it's that house nigga that house nigga mentality where it's like I'm in the house, I'm warm, or I'm
2: cool, mm-hmm.
0: and you out there picking cotton, nigga, aha, I'm doing better, and it's not the thing where we unite and want to see each other win, because like, you could be a lawyer making $120,000 a year, and that's your success, and mm-hmm. my success could be making $45,000 a year and going on a vacation once or twice a year with my family. Exactly. Does it doesn't make you better or worse, but... The way society is is if you don't have this certain amount of money or you don't look this certain part, mm-hmm. then you're beneath anybody that does and some people making thirty twenty forty thousand dollars a year are sometimes happier than the people making two hundred thousand a year mm-hmm. um so I think that dialogue that you're trying to create with people it opens doors it opens opportunities it 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 forces people to think differently mm-hmm. and it kind of you doing that is 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 a big part of trying to change What's going on today And I think that that idea that you have Is super dope Um, I appreciate you for being here I feel like we left it Where people can pause And have a conversation with their friends About their lives And that's all that I kind of want to do Is to spark, teach, and learn For anybody So this was very, 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 very intriguing for me And I'm going to sit back Listen to this probably later on And just try to Figure it out, and I'm—I succeeded at my goal of being able to get <laughs> some type of information out that'd be like, wow, maybe I can look at her a little bit differently, not yes. in a negative way, or not like I have preconceived ideas of you already. But it's just like, oh, nobody's perfect. Everybody got things, and it's not mm-hmm. like a judging thing, but it's just like I commend you for going through that because I, my dad. Was in my life my whole life. Wow. And I told him he wasn't there for me one time. And we sat in the car for about 45 minutes. Both yelling at each other. Crying and all of that. And he kind of put me in my place like. Nigga. Do you know what an absent dad is? Do Mm -hmm. you know. That you just decided to stay at your mom's house more than me. Mm -hmm. And at this certain age you wanted to be there a little bit more than wanted to be home with me. Mm -hmm. And it was just like. Damn. My thing with my father was That he had this big presence He was very known in the city He was, you know, very popular And I didn't want to be little black no more So whenever I'm around my dad, I'm little black He's big black And it's like 16, 17, I'm making my own money I'm doing my own thing I got my own girls I want to be my own person Mm -hmm. So I kind of distanced myself away from him Because I wanted to be an individual Okay So now I recognize that And it's like I'm gonna get Right <laughs> So it's just like But I was able to have That dialogue with him To get to a point where I became free Now listening to your situation Is kind of a little bit different It's just gonna make me Think about it Because it's like You're not the only person that going through, That's going mm-hmm. through that Which is you know Kind of weird But like I said I appreciate you for being here Lex
1: Thank you for having um, me The opportunity is uh can't even put into words, I appreciate it. Though.
0: This is surface thinking.
1: Common sense lazy, lazy,
2: lazy, lazy.